Rhodes is the island of peace. I prefer war. Hello, and welcome to Film Church Radio, the podcast that treats cinema as a religion. It's Sunday, I'm Lewis. And I'm Brandon. And we are here to talk about movies. This is the first in a very special series of episodes um, where we're going to go through the filmography of Sergio Leone um, film by film, starting with the first film that he made all the way up until the last. There's only seven, so it's only going to be a seven-episode series letting you in behind the curtain. Um, But normally, if you're new to the pod, each week Brandon and I alternate picking a film for us both to watch and discuss Um, but like i said for the next seven episodes it's all about leone um today we are talking about sergio's first credited work as a director from 1961 the colossus of Rhodes*. dun 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 that's right a film that you don't often hear mentioned um in the same breath as sergio leone i don't think it's it's not it's definitely his lowest rated movie of his filmography. Yes. Yes. So a good place to start. If it, you know, is technically the worst in inverted commas, um, a good place to start the watch. Um, but before we discuss the film, um, we would like to thank everyone that has been listening to the podcast and sending their love for the show. Um, it, we love to hear from y'all and that people are even listening at all is a massive bonus to us. We just want to sit and talk about films together. So um, the fact that anyone's listening and enjoying is a huge bonus. Um, if you want to get involved, you can follow us on all social media platforms at Film Church Radio. Um, send us any kind of comments, um, reviews that you've watched, any films you want us to watch. Um, we'd love to hear, hear from anyone. It's a community here at the Film Church Radio. We want to hear from everyone. We also have all our back episodes streaming on every platform. So you can go back and listen to all the other stuff that we've talked about, including Spider-Man spoiler specials, Morbius spoiler specials. We've talked about silent film, foreign film, American film. Eventually we'll talk about it all. That's right. So, yeah, that's all the intro bits out of the way. But before we get into the main meat of the episode, let's do our quick reviews. This is where Brandon and I just talk about what we've been watching this week, other than the film we're going to be discussing at length. Brandon, what have you been watching? So I have watched no movies other than Severance. It's been a pretty well yeah. Severance. I've, I've watched Severance, but it's not a movie. It's a show on Apple TV Plus, and the last episode just dropped a few days ago of the season. Cool. And um, yeah, it's been a busy week for me. I'm in the middle of trying to move. Yeah. And GTFO of Dallas. <laughs> yeah so i'm not going to uh, pretend that i'm happy that you're leaving so yeah it's bittersweet for sure <laughs> yeah it's like it's i don't know how to describe it it's like a much needed change but you know there's been <clears throat> a lot of uh relationships built here in the area that's right but i mean it's like we're not leaving forever yeah you know, we're not we're not dying we're just moving <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> four hours away. Yeah. Um, podcast will continue. We've already figured out how we're going to keep keep the show going. But oh, yeah. Yeah, I won't be able to just drive over here all the time. But we will make special trips. That's to right. Do special episodes and just hang out. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> but we did start uh, this show, Severance, on, I think, on Monday. And then watched the entire season. By today, or wow, yeah, wow, a few days yeah. ago. So, That's quick. Uh, and how many episodes is it? Six or it's nine episodes, oh, geez, okay. and they're an hour each. Oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, we really, really liked the show. Um, it uh stars Adam Scott, yeah, who um, my girlfriend loves him and everything. I mean, I love him and everything too. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, she always seeks out stuff that he's in, a stan. As Stan? Yeah, she stands him. Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> she stalks him, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, I would think ever since Parks, Parks and Rec. You yes. Know, which he was great in. He was great in Parks and Rec. Has been Wyatt. Um, 
and uh, and he's he's really good in everything I've ever seen him in, and he is really good in this show. And it's uh, the it's headed up by Ben Stiller, which he directs mostly episodes, but it's very much not what you would think of yeah. something that Ben Stiller would do. Um, cause it's not like a comedy. It's very no. serious. Um, and it's so good. It's one of the best, like first seasons I've seen in a really long time. I mean, That's there's awesome. a lot of really, really good TV out there right now, obviously, yeah. but I think this is just a little bit above some of the other ones I've seen in recent years, just because of how in, like invested and, in, and intense I feel watching yeah. the episodes. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, only on Apple TV plus. So you have to have that, but I think it's only like five bucks a month or something. Yeah. I'm gonna have to definitely check it out. Um, yeah, I've been watching mostly TV too. I mean, we both watched moon Knight, which we can talk a little bit spoiler free. I think, I don't think anything, this may be a spoiler, but I don't think anything's happened of note as of yet. Yeah. Um, I really like it. I really like I'm into my Egyptian law anyway. So yeah. as soon as it was like, oh, he's kind of from ancient Egypt, I was like, okay, I'm in. This is cool. Did you know anything about Moon Knight going no, into not a thing. Yeah, me either? Which is kind of, which I, I like. I was saying to Chelsea, my wife, that this is like the first, apart from maybe the Eternals, the first Marvel show, especially show, um, but character in general that I'm going in completely blind. Yeah, I would say, um, and I liked it a lot. I mean, Oscar Isaac is brill. I think. Yeah, I think he really kind of carries it, mm-hmm. and the fact that they've got um, Ethan Hawke—it's kind of crazy that yeah. they've got Ethan Hawke because it seems like Ethan Hawke is the kind of person that would never do yeah. MCU. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like he's always doing like more independent, intellectual kind of stuff. Yeah. And it seems like he's also the kind of person that would would kind of look down on like the superhero genre. Yeah, um, but he's doing it. I mean, he's doing it. doing it. So yeah. he's not necessarily like that, or or maybe he just needed yeah that paycheck. I'm sure is nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Um, but yeah. I mean, the other thing is like playing a villain is. I mean, we don't know what how it's going to end, but you're pretty much guaranteed to be one and done as a villain. Yeah, that's true. So he yeah. can like. You know, go in, collect this paycheck, and be like, "I did it." Yeah, you know, I've experienced um, it. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit more grittier than what we've seen. I mean, I know we talked about Morbius and the fact that it needs to be a little bit more R-rated, and I feel like this is the yeah. way Moon Knight's going. I mean, there was mm-hmm. in the first episode there was more blood than I think we've seen in a Marvel film. You know? Yeah, um, which is probably good. Yeah. I, I want it to, you know, not every superhero can be kind of PG-13, right? Right. Well, it, so. it's definitely interesting to see where they go from here because yeah. they've they've now they own these other properties that were technically made by other people but are now a part of the MCU, like Daredevil and Punisher, which mm-hmm. Punisher is very yeah, dark and I would say even controversial for the MCU. Yeah. And um and then also like Deadpool like they're yeah. working on Deadpool three. What's that going to look like? Yeah, you know, um, probably like Deadpool two, but <laughs> but like MCU, yeah, like exactly. Kevin Feige, yeah. you know, uh, on the producer role. So it's an interesting time, but it's yeah. like they need to go there. It's like exactly. where are they going to go next? They yeah. have to, you know, and their their audience is growing up too. Because if you were a child when even Iron Man came out, you're not anymore. No, exactly. I know? mean, two thousand and eight. So, yeah. Right. So it's already what fifteen years old. Getting there. Yeah. So. Um, or yeah. yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. Wow. I know. <laughs> oh crazy, God. right? <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, it's insane. But yeah, I, I like. I want them to go. I want them to do more adult yeah. themed. I think One Division was maybe the first small step because it yeah. didn't really. It wasn't a superhero show. It was a very personal like. You know, it was about through. dealing with grief. Yeah, you know, which yeah. is an adult issue. You know, you yeah. Can, I don't know many kids that could kind of relate. I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Moon Knight's been really good. I'm excited to see where it goes. And I think it's only six episodes. Yeah. So we're already a third of the way through. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Because I don't feel like I know the character at all. Um, 
but the only two films that I've really watched, I watched Easy Rider. Um, recently bought the Criterion um, box set that includes Easy Rider and Last Picture Show and some of the kind of earlier new Hollywood that was breaking through. I hadn't seen Easy Rider for a while, so I rewatched it, and it's it's so much better than I remember it being. Yeah, um, it's just it's just so intoxicating to watch. You yeah, know, it's kind of very. Lazily. I've never seen it. Yeah, it's good. So. It's very lazily kind of put together. There's a lot of shots of them kind of driving their bikes or riding their bikes, I guess, through it's America. It's not a documentary, is it? It isn't. No, it is a narrative. Um, but it's, yeah, it's very, it's just like you kind of fall into it. It's very easy to watch. You know, there's not a huge amount happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, it's really, it's really, really good. I really enjoyed I've it. I've got to watch it. I mean, it's one of those films that I hear about all the time. Yeah. I mean, 1969, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's just so many. Well, I talk about the 70s a lot. Like, the 70s yeah. to me feels like when cinema really found its footing, I guess, at mm-hmm. least in America. Yeah. And it was like a rebirth. I, yeah, exactly. And like I think that you know, they're like uh Easy Rider is one of those films that kind of set the tone for everything yeah. that came after. Yeah, I mean I was watching one of the um like documentaries that included on the Blu ray. Um and I think it was Dennis Hopper that was like it was either men in suits like with trilbies or it was kids on a beach, like very kind of like, you know, Elvis. Yeah. That was the only two depictions of men that we had mm-hmm. so this was like a very kind kind of countercultural like representation of a minority i guess in the u.s yeah. government and it is like watching a time capsule it's like watching something from you know like it is like watching a documentary um, yeah just because it's a it's a time that's gone yeah exactly i mean and there's a very young jack nicholson in it that is oh really i didn't yeah. even know he was in it he's so great hmm as soon as he comes in, you're just like, you can tell that he's got that movie star charisma. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I watched Easy Rider, which I loved. And then I watched Red Rocket, mm-hmm. which came out last year, had quite a lot of buzz. Um, Shot on 16mm film. Yes. <laughs> by the same guy that did Florida Project, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, and it was it was really good. It was good. Um, it tells a story about a, um, an out-of-favor, out-of-work porn star who kind of comes back to his Texas hometown um, and kind of, <clears throat> I don't know, he's looking for a way to rebuild his image, I guess. Yeah. Um, I do feel like the director, I forget his name, um, quite, a, I mean, he did Tangerine, a film called Tangerine before, Florida Project, and it's a lot about sex workers. Yeah. You know, every film seems to be about a sex worker in a different kind of field yeah um and i mean this the sean baker that's it and then the the story is entertaining enough um but i want to see you know see him do something else yeah just kind of a different character that's not involved in the sex industry but i don't know that seems to be where his representation like that's the kind of culture he wants to talk about you know the the people that he wants to talk about which is fair enough and i mean if he keeps making films as enjoyable and as um, entertaining as Red Rocket, then I'm all for it. Because um, it was really good. I did enjoy it a lot. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it at some good. point. Yeah. But. Yeah, Simon Rex, who plays the main guy, he he is excellent. You know, he's just. Yeah, it seemed like he was getting a lot of buzz, but yeah. he didn't get nominated for Best uh, Actor. That movie yeah. didn't get nominated for anything, did it? Um, not the Oscars. I was talking to Zach, our friend Zach, who's been on the show, and he was saying that the Independent Spirit Awards, he got, he won Best Actor. Okay. So, you know, in the kind of more underground, I guess, like the indie awards, it did pretty well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a shame that it wasn't, that he wasn't nominated. I mean, yeah. I think he could easily have slipped him in there. You know, it was a great performance. Yeah. So, it feels like Hollywood is shying away from sex 
in yeah. some ways. Yes, that it's funny you say that because Sighting Stand, the magazine I love, they did a big piece on Red Rocket, and the director Sean Baker said that himself. He said that you know Hollywood's kind of it's okay to show incredible violence, but it won't show sex. Yeah, and it's like it just it doesn't translate. Yeah, like we're still as in a culture prudish towards sex. Yeah, because literally we will show the most violent yeah. thing ever. Yeah. And people will be, people will be oh, oh yeah, yeah, it's fine. I mean, you think about like, like even um, movies, like, like sometimes they can be controversial, obviously. I don't know why, I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> movies can be controversial. But uh, like thinking about, like something like the Passion of the Christ, where yeah. it's like so so violent, but everybody's like, you have to see it. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know. Um. Anyway, it's yeah. like, we, yeah, as a culture, as an American culture, we're we're okay with violence. And I feel like Red Rocket, to someone that wouldn't necessarily know the story, would know it would be about sex. Same with you know. yeah. I didn't even know. Like seeing the trailer, I was like, this looks really good. I had no yeah. idea it was about a guy that. Was in the sex industry. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's really worth a watch. I think it's only, it's I think it's coming to UK cinemas soon as well. So if you're in the UK, hopefully get a chance to see it soon. I will not be. No, you'll be in Austin, but I think it's on. I think it's available to rent here, so we can we get it early because America's America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, America is America. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Talking of America, this film that we're going to talk about today takes p- place in Greece. So <laughs> we're going to move on to uh, the first film of our special Sergio Leone series, The Colossus of Rhodes from 1961. His first credited directorial feature. That's right. Boom. <laughs> one of seven yeah apparently he had um i mean we were talking about him a little bit before the show uh I, i've started his biography but i've read only read one chapter yeah brandon um, bought it and it you literally had to drag it through the door it's so thick it is a big dense book yes um but uh you know it, it's gonna be fun going through his filmography i think because you know we're gonna we're just, it's going to build on itself, yeah. right? We're going to learn more and more about this guy and about his movies and, and, and what we feel about his movies. <clears throat> but, um, I don't remember where I was going with that, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm going in blind. Names. I've never seen any of his films. Yeah. I am excited about that because you've never seen any of his films. I've seen, um, I mean, now I've seen The Colossus of Rhodes, but before that, I have seen, a Fistful of Dollars, um, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and Once Upon a Time in America, um, which, if you don't know, uh, I mean, most everybody, I'm sure, has heard of The Good, and The Bad, and The Ugly, yeah, which I had you know, heard of for years, but I didn't. I had seen The Good, The Bad, The Ugly first, I think, and okay. didn't realize that A Fistful of Dollars and For a Few Dollars More were actually... Like a trilogy. First, yeah. yeah, that it was a trilogy and that those two movies were one and two and yeah. The Good and the Bad and the Ugly was the third movie because you can watch The Good and the Bad and the Ugly and it doesn't, you don't need to see the yeah. other movies, I don't feel like. Yeah. But I've never seen the second one, actually. Sweet. So, okay, cool. Yeah. It'll awesome. be It'll be nice to, to complete those. But um, yeah, he got his start, like his father was a, a filmmaker uh, like worked in the film industry and his mother. Yeah. And um, they were v- pretty old when they had him. Like she was in her forties and he was almost 50. Yeah. When, uh, when he was born. So his parents were much older than he was. And um, in his biography, it, it says that that was like kind of one of his biggest regrets was that like his parents or mainly his father never saw his success. Yeah. Wow. Especially his both of his parents coming from the film industry, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, it's one of those things where I mean, because I, you know, I haven't obviously read the like the biography, unfortunately, but I did read some 
um, from like Wikipedia and stuff like that. And it's one of those things where like when you read about how he kind of got started, you're like, of course he was destined for great things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like he was pretty much born into the film industry, you know, and like learn life through it. Yeah. I would, I gathered. So yeah. But then, and then also experienced some intense things in his childhood because he was a child when world war two was going on and yeah, Italy was occupied by, yeah, the Nazis wow. for I think for a, a full year, um, I think from like thirty three to thirty four. Yeah, I think is right. Um, you know, and he was just he was a kid, kid then. Yeah, you know, and um, yeah, I I don't know exactly what context you know where that fits into the rest of his story because I haven't gotten through his biography yet, but um, I assume that that you know must have had a big yeah. impact. Um, I mean, that's a, I mean, again, this is why this kind of stuff works so well is that in future films, you can look for themes of like occupation, you know, themes of these tyranny, like tyrannies kind of taking over yeah. places, you know, I mean, Colossus of Rhodes, right? I mean, yeah, you can, I mean, already see those seeds being planted. Um, wow. That's, that's super interesting. I mean, and he is a filmmaker that, is one of the most influential. Yeah. People talk about him all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And to say, like, I was so surprised that it was only seven. Yeah. You know, like to make that much. I mean, Tarantino has got this big thing about he's only making 10 films. Leone did it in seven. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, he left a legacy that's going to live past all of us. Yeah. In these seven films. Um, And so that's why we're starting at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, the Colossus of Rhodes from 1961. The IMDb summary is, while holidaying in Rhodes, an Athenian war hero becomes involved in two plots to overthrow the tyrannical king. One from Rhodian patriots and the other from sinister Phoenician agents. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. Um, <laughs> and this Athenian war hero is played by Rory Calhoun. Who me and Brennan have been talking about Rory Calhoun because um, Brennan asked me, "Have you ever seen Rory Calhoun in everything, anything?" And I was for sure that I hadn't. Um, and then when I checked Letterbox, he had been in two Marilyn Monroe films that I've seen, which so, are How to Marry a Millionaire and another one, <laughs> and another one. Yes, um, I think I've only seen some like it hot as far as Mar- Marilyn Monroe goes which is one of the which yeah. i was probably one of her most famous ones yeah for sure um which is a great movie i it watched is. it last year yeah like jello on springs i just remember <laughs> that line when they watch a walk through the uh the train station it's so good <laughs> um so yeah so i thought my only um memory of rory calhoun was from a simpsons joke that i showed you yeah as soon as uh, he got here um, which is basically, I mean, really quick. It's so funny. <laughs> Mr. Burns basically kidnaps all these dogs and one of them stands on its hind legs. I've never seen anything so adorable. You know who it reminds me of? Snoop Doggy Dog, Bob Barker, David Brenner? No, no. The person who's always standing and walking. Rory Calhoun? That's it. <laughs> so they call him Rory Calhoun because this dog stands on his legs, which I find incredibly funny. It's so absurd and <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's so random. It's like yeah. who like who in the show was like, this is going to be hilarious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, when I think of Rory Calhoun, I think of a puppy standing on his hind legs. Um, but he stars in The Colossus of Rhodes. Um, and it's a, ve- and it's a um, Sand and Sandal epic um, in the vein of Ben-Hur... Ten Commandments, El Cid, yeah, all those kind of yeah. It definitely films. reminded me of like a biblical epic. Yes, and I was kind of surprised when I got like after I watched the movie because I really enjoyed the movie a lot. Yeah, me too. And it's a blast. When I got on Letterboxd, you know, the average rating was like two point seven. Yeah, and I was like, really? Yeah, because I had a real, I had a blast watching this movie. Yeah, and I think. The low rating is because people are comparing this movie to uh, other Sergio Leone movies, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas they should be comparing this movie 
to other movies of this genre. Yeah. To other biblical epics, to other sand and... Sandal, yeah. Sand and sandal? Yeah. I thought, it, or is it sword and sandal? Is it sword and sandal? I feel like it's sword and sandal. That maybe a sand more... and sandal. I don't know. Sword, sandal, There are and swords, sandal. sands, sand. and sandals. <laughs> a mixture of any of those three. Take your pick. Yeah. You can have two, you can have three, you can have more. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, they should be comparing it to other movies like, you know, of this genre, right? Yeah. Whereas like when you do that, I feel like this is one of the best, yeah. like, ep- like, you know, Roman epics that I've yeah. seen. I've been dreading watching this film. <laughs> like to start off with because the sword sand and sandal epics which is now how we're going to coin it um i am not a fan of at all i don't oh really yeah i yeah. really don't enjoy the kind of you know the ben-hur el Cid. you've seen ben-hur um yes and i've seen el Cid, which seemed to go on forever mm-hmm. um if the lecturer that is that showed us that in the classes listening i apologize because i said i liked it at the time um but yeah, I've just never been into it. So yeah, I was, I was I, dreading it. Ben-Hur, I'm kind of on the fence about. Like, I, I watched it as a kid more than once. And yeah. I never was, like, in love with it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but The Ten Commandments, I don't know what it is about that movie. I haven't watched it in a long time. But it, I've always really liked it. Yeah. Um. I even thought about getting a tattoo of like the cover. That's awesome. Of, of Moses holding the Ten Commandments when he's about to like throw it down on the people. And that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I like that movie, and and that's that's the movie that that this movie feels like the most to me because okay. it's in that genre, right? Yeah. But the action in this movie feels kind of dialed up to me yeah like even though it's still cheesy it's not realistic or whatever yeah but it feel but it it feels more intense mm-hmm. you know i i like the the actors are selling it more yeah you know there's no blood or anything but it yeah. feels like they're they're really in it yeah exactly know? i really like the kind of these kind of films that especially like the mummy the brendan Fraser mummy from like the 90s where they take historical things like Imhotep was a real person. Um, but then they just do their own thing. Yeah. They're like, this is, con- this is completely fiction. Yeah. We're just borrowing these things. Yeah. Cause the Colossus of Rhodes was like one of the seven wonders yeah. of the world. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But this film is like, that is the basis. We're going to do this huge, you know, Epic set piece around it. around it. Um, and yeah, I think that, we both had the same reaction when we first like talked about it was it is like like if you were a kid, this film would be rad. You would yeah. love this film. Yeah. It's so over the top. Like everything is so like memorable. Yeah. Like, I could imagine if I had seen this at seven years old, I would I wouldn't remember the film. I would remember him fighting on swords on top of the Colossus. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's so, I mean, when that popped up, I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Like, just from a standpoint, like, I love the how it was like silhouetted mm-hmm. against like the kind of dark blue sky. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those movies that I think, yeah, same. Like, what, while I was watching it, I was like, this is, this is a boy movie. Yeah. This isn't, it's not like, you know, a, a man movie necessarily. Yeah. It's like a boy movie. Like, mm-hmm. I would have, I, 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 en- it's not that uh, I didn't enjoy it as a man. <laughs> I did a lot, yeah. but it made me feel like I did when I was like a boy. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It made me feel like I did watching the Ten Commandments or watching Star Wars for the first time as a as a young boy. And um, yeah, I think if, you know, if one night my dad was like, we're watching the Ten Commandments again, you know, uh, and then pulled out this instead, I would have been blown away. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, there's obviously, I think there's areas that could be improved, for sure. I don't think it's a five star masterpiece. Yeah. Um. But, but I don't think it was necessarily trying to be. No. It was like it knew what it was. You know, yeah. It, it's it felt like 
Sergio Leone knew the genre he was working with mm-hmm. and knew what it was going to look like and and kind of dialed those things in and up because he did work on Ben Hur. He did, yeah, as a second unit director, apparently. Yeah. Um. So I'm sure you know he was he was just absorbing all of the workings on set, right? Yeah. You know, watching the director, watching the actors, watching how a big epic set piece of this design is put together and then knew how he would, you know, probably saw a few things was like, ah, I would do it this way. I would dial this up and you know, that didn't yeah. come out quite good enough. Um, so, so yeah, before this, I was reading um, before we came on the, the, he finished the directing of the film, the last days of Pompeii um, when the director fell ill. And basically kind of got this position as director of the Cluster of Rhodes because he could bring an epic of this, you know, of Ben Hur's kind of the same look, I guess, and feel for a lower budget. Because mm. he had finished um The Last Days of Pompeii, I guess, like either under budget or like within the budget. Um and I don't and I don't think you would be able to tell that this was like a cut budget film like a lower budget kind of epic. no it feels very high budget yeah it feels like a lot of money went into this i mean the colossus itself never once does it look like fake Cheap. yeah because yeah. i was expecting you know we would zoom out and it would just look like a painted statue or you know it just look like a backdrop or whatever but it always looks legit yeah you know it, it's a very impressive set piece for sure um it always looks 2,500 years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but there's a lot that happens in this film. Yeah, there is a lot, lot going on. Um, I think, uh, you know, if you want to figure out what's going on in this movie, like, you, you have to pay a lot of attention to it. I watched it, like, first waking up in the morning, made a cup of coffee, yeah. and just sat down and watched it. No one watched it with me. I was wearing headphones. And I I followed it all like yeah. I w- and I was very intensely involved in like I I kept expecting to get bored yeah because this is the kind of movie you feel like you would you you know you might get bored with at yeah. some point and like in and Ben Hur and the Ten Commandments I'll admit even though I like the Ten Commandments like there's parts, there's parts where yeah. you're gonna get bored yeah right um, where the dialogue just draws out too long or the scene goes on too long. But this movie, I felt like there was never a moment where I was like uninterested in where it was going because it took so many twists yeah. that I was like, "Oh, now it's kind of a different movie." Yeah. Oh, now it's kind of another movie. Like, where is this going? I was never like ahead of it. Yeah. Especially, I think the where where it first got really interesting for me was when he is uh, the main character, Roy. Roy Calhoun. That's right. Uh is uh all standing or walking. <laughs> oh, he's standing and walking. Um <laughs> he's he's standing and walking towards <laughs> this woman. Um, you know, one of the love interests. And uh he's like trying to get with her and mm-hmm. she's like, you know, she's she's playing hard to get and she like runs off. And then he's got to go like find her. And then yeah. he goes into a tomb. And the tone, the way the tone changes in that moment, I was like, this is really interesting. Like it yeah. just all of a sudden got way Creepy. more interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that, like, I like it almost felt like, okay, now this movie could go in a totally different, like mm-hmm. really dark, like uh you know, evil dead spirits coming out. Yeah. Like, who knows? Like it yeah. felt like it could go in that direction. And it and it stays in that little that that kind of dark spiritual tone for maybe like five minutes and then goes on to something else. Yeah. Um, and lots of times this movie does that where it, it switches the tone at the right moment, mm-hmm. like before you're before you're ready to get bored. Yeah. It's like here's something else interesting. Yeah. Um, and so that that's yeah. I, I agree. I mean, I think even in the early scene where they're doing a lot of exposition, you know, you're meeting the king, Cersei, 
um, and kind of you meeting, um, is it Dario? Rory Calhoun's character? Dario. Dario. Um, You meet them at the beginning, and then all of a sudden, an assassin kind of breaks from the crowd to try and kill Cersei. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, just as that exposition is kind of like, okay, like, we know who you are now. You know, yeah. and then it's like, boom, someone tries to kill him. And then they move to a party where there's more exposition. Mm-hmm. Someone tries to kill him again. And it's, yeah, it's it's very, it's very well paced. I mean, to say that there is pretty much like, Rhodes is destroyed at one point. Um, hundreds of people get killed. There's lava dropping on people. You know, it's... It's a lot that happens in two hours and nine minutes, but I still think that parts of it could be trimmed. I don't think it necessarily needed all that yeah. for it to work. You know, they are added bonuses, but I don't think it necessarily needed it. I mean, I guess they wanted the, spoiler, the Colossus to fall at the end of the film. Yeah. So that was the way that they did it, you know, to destroy the Hollow Roads and stuff, but they didn't necessarily need that bit. Yeah, it didn't necessarily need it, I guess. It was very interesting for me, the way yeah. that this film ended, because, I mean, they did allude to it early on uh, when Dario and his uncle are in their sleeping quarters, and there's a storm, and uh, his his uncle says, here at the center of the sea, Rhodes is at the mercy of the elements, my boy. You know, so they hint yeah. to like, uh, you know, a hurricane or a big storm could destroy this whole place. And he even he even goes further with it. Like he's he says, the architects built my room. It's the safest. Yeah. In the whole, you know, in all of Rhodes or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you know, they, they hint to it there and then they bring it back towards the end and there's a huge storm and it just literally destroys everything, which is also interesting because it's like <laughs> with all the different plot plot twists in this movie, if you think about it, if none of those things happen, that storm would still come and destroy everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they'd just be like, oh, what, what, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So literally, you yeah. know, maybe all the prisoners still would have gotten out. Maybe... You know, the king still would have died. But I I did think that, I mean, so Darius is from Greece. Uh Is this some kind of Greek mythology? You know, Zeus and is that what it is like they're Uh, based on? Yeah, are they assisting him to kind of claim roads again? Maybe, yeah, like he's like supposed to be Hercules, or he's yeah, you know. as soon as he was like tied up and stuff, that's when it started to, you know, like, guess we've got to step in now, you know, yeah, all standing or walking can't do it himself. I, mean, I would imagine that it's, it's, uh, a lot of it is tied to, you know, some kind of mythology or biblical, yeah, text or something, um, you know, it's. It's it'll be interesting to learn more about Sergio and yeah. and where his influences came from. I mean, like like we already said, he he worked on Ben Hur, so it, he could be pulling mm-hmm. from all these other things that he worked on. You know, good yeah. story points and stuff. Because he he him and a, another person wrote this film, so he was one of the writers. Yeah, I mean, it was credited to four, but what I read was that there were actually nine. Yeah, I did read that too. This. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. So it was it seems more like a I mean that again, I read that before I watched it and again I was like it's just going to be like a paint by numbers, you know. It's one of those things with too many cooks, you know, all these people in right. to just churn out a a sword sand and sandal. Epic. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like one of the, <laughs> it's one of those movies that um has probably only benefited from age. Yes. I know what you mean. Yeah. I, I I do wonder that if anyone else other than Leone had directed it, would we have ever seen this film? Or would it have just been lost to public broadcast television and, you know, yeah. in an archive somewhere? Because it is the kind of film that, especially in England, would be on on a Saturday afternoon yeah. on, like, the, you know, Channel 4, Channel 5. Right. That... 
you, if you were flicking through, you'd be like, oh, this is interesting. I'll, you know what? But you wouldn't be like, oh, they're showing the Colossus of Rhodes. Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, I mean, I'm sure it just felt, at the time that it came out, just felt uh, similar to yeah. so many other things of the time. Because I don't and think things yeah. that people had already seen. I don't necessarily. I mean, there's no like big star power in it. You know, it's not Charlton Heston in the yeah. film. You know, yeah, it's Rory Calhoun who's <laughs> yeah. standing and walking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I was I was thinking when I was watching it. You know, is there any? I mean, because you know, I love Hitchcock. So when you think of his earlier films, not necessarily his first film, but if you think of like The Lodger, which is pretty famous like there's a lot of touches there that are hitchcockian but you can see what will later become his trademarks yeah you know in those films um especially in the logic um and i was watching this and i was like it is like a huge spectacle it's done really well but i wouldn't necessarily be like this is an auteur at work this is a director that yeah. knows what he wants to put on the screen and that's what he's achieving yeah you know it's kind of well, if it just it felt, you know, I we said this before the show. It, it felt like someone's playing with action figures. I love that description. I was I was going to say it earlier, but I was like, I love that so much that I want you to say it okay. <laughs> because I don't want to steal it. <laughs> but it is. Yeah, it's yeah. just someone having a blast with these characters. Yeah, exactly. Especially with all the plot twists. Yeah, because it's like you know you're playing you're playing this scene that you love, and then all of a sudden, uh you know, they're in a tomb in an ancient tomb with, yeah. you know, these dead Kings. And then all yeah. of a sudden there's lions. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, this guy's trying to overthrow the government. And then all of a sudden, you know, your girlfriend's the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. then there's hot lava being poured on people. Yeah. And, and then, then they're fighting on the head of, yeah. Of the, the statue that opens up and lava is flung out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, one of, one of the, the things that, you know, just in the reading the first chapter of Sergio Leone's biography is um, it sounds like he had a film that he wanted to make his whole life that he never made, which was basically a the story of his life right. um, and the story of him and his like kind of gang of friends when they were younger and they would go watch movies all the time together and stuff. And uh he was always reaching for that, trying to make that story. And then elements of that story always wound up in each of these films. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. Um, and this kind of feels like, yeah, kind of the start of that, right? It's yeah. kind of like, it feels like a group of friends, maybe nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nine writers, you know, each doing their little part. It's like, okay, now it's your turn to tell your part of the story. Yeah. And it's like, well, this goes over here. And then like by the time that that friend ends, you know, and it's ready for the next friend, now they have to pick it up and then they take it in a totally different yeah. direction, right? Yeah. It kind of feels like that. But but it's amazing that you know, you would expect that that would just be chaotic, but there is a symmetry to it. Yeah. That I think makes it a level above some of these other films because yeah. it ties back together and you know, it's still cheesy. You gotta sub suspend your disbelief mm -hmm. or whatever. Like we said, it's a boy movie. It's not you're not yeah. meant to take it super seriously. But it's really well done. Yeah. Like, it's, it's tight. Yeah. Yeah. It's um it comes out, you know. At the end of it, you're like, I've had a really good few hours. That was a good way to pass the time. Yeah. And it's the kind of thing that you can imagine, you know, like you said, nine-year-old boys in the cinema in 61, like whooping and cheering and, you know, coming away being like, I've seen the best film ever made. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that in that way, it works. I don't think it's reaching for, you know, immortality in cinema it's is it did what it said it was gonna do it's yeah a, it wasn't like sergio leone was like okay now i have my chance i'm gonna be the next ben hur yeah it was like okay i'm gonna make a, a movie i'm gonna make it well i'm gonna, yeah i'm gonna make it well i'm gonna get it under budget yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna have some fun 
and and we're just gonna make a good movie and see what happens next. Yeah, yeah, that's what it feels like. Yeah, um, I agree. Didn't think too much of it. <laughs> I'm really glad that we watched it though, because I do feel that if I was doing a rewatch, or if I was just watching these films myself, um, I am a completist, so I would have watched it, but I would have been very tempted to skip forward one during the movie. Or just before, just be like, I was just like watching other movies. Yeah, and then... I could watch Colossus of Rhodes, but I could also watch yeah. Fistful of Dollars. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. been like, well, I'm gonna go for Fistful of Dollars. I've heard more about that or whatever. Yeah. So, um, I think it is a good. I mean, it is a good place to start for sure. The beginning is always a good place to start. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, like definitely, like I feel like. I, I I mean I've already seen some of his other films, right? Yeah. So uh I do have kind of a prediction of what it's going to feel like by the end of this. And especially after watching this because this like we've said it feels like a boy movie. Like this is the kind of movie that I would tell my brothers who have young yeah, sons like watch this with with your boys, you know, before they get to the age where they're like I want to watch the Matrix. Or I want to watch, you know, Deadpool or like these R-rated movies. Like before they get to that age, watch this movie with them. Yeah. Like this is a good father-son sit down on a Saturday or Friday night or whatever movie, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, And I think a lot of these movies in Sergio Leone's filmography are going to be like that. You know, barely getting into his his biography, re, you know, learning that like hit one of his biggest regrets was like that his father was so much older than yeah. he was, and you know, died when he was you know he was like only twenty something. Um, you know that he didn't really get to have those those moments. Um, it's interesting that his that you know some of the movies he he made can are, are like father son bonding movies. Yeah. Um, and not in the way where like the subject matter is about a father and son. No, you know, it's like, it's something that you would yeah, want to watch with your son. You know what I mean? No, exactly. Um, and he's not dealing with daddy issues. He's dealing with like lack of time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I think, I think his movies are gonna grow up. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Can't, Can't wait. wait. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> um, yeah, because this was so fun, man. Like, literally, yeah. I, I did not expect to like this movie so much. No, me neither. I mean, it, it kind of starts, like I said, it starts off and um, I feel like you're immediately in it. I don't feel like there was much, like, to put you off. I mean, but from what you were saying, it, it to me, it epitomizes the the rainy Sunday afternoon film. It's yeah. the kind of, it's, it, you know, John Ford Westerns are normally my go-to, but maybe it should be Sand and Sandals, you know, the these kind of films for a rainy Sunday afternoon um, because they're so, they're so fun to watch. There's a lot going on. There's these big set pieces. And in the end, it's not, you know, you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to, who's going to win the day. So it's not, you know, surprising. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's funny because though there was a couple of moments in the movie too, that where it, it did subvert my expectation a lot Yeah, because, you know, you kind of do the, the hero of the film is pretty obvious, but then there's, there's a moment where he's trying to escape on a boat and they drop down a fiery, I don't just like a big yeah big fiery bomb onto the <laughs> yeah. boat and literally the shot is just the fire comes down on the boat and the boat is just covered in fire yeah i was like and well, you they know did. the main character is just standing right on the boat yeah <laughs> but then they and so i was like oh they just pulled a psycho they just <laughs> yeah. killed the main character yeah. we're like 40 minutes into the movie um but then they cut to the deck of the boat and he's like, fine. And he's yeah. like, everybody jump. <laughs> yeah. There's just a few fires on board. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they did it again when in that scene that you were talking about where they're fighting on the Colossus, you know, on the arm and the neck yeah. of the statue. 
and then he just like <laughs> falls off. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there he goes. Yeah. And but then I like forgot that there's like water underneath him. So he just like falls in the water. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, he got away. <laughs> so you should have just jumped down on top of him with your sword. <laughs> what did you think to the all standing or walking Rory Calhoun? Did you did you like him in this? I yeah, I did. I liked everybody in this, I think. Like nobody felt out of place. Um you know, he he's somebody I've never seen him in anything. Yeah. And you know, he wasn't a I don't think he was a bad actor. No. I mean, everybody in this movie is dubbed. You know, I'm pretty sure yeah. that this film was shot uh originally in the Italian language and then dubbed for every other yeah. Uh, well, we said it seemed like half and half. Like his and a few of the other kind of um, characters, you could tell it was it was still dubbed, but it was like moving with their mouths. Yeah. And then the one of the love interests and the the main general, I can't remember his name. Um, they both were heavily dubbed. Like you could tell. Yeah. You so know. do you think maybe Rory Calhoun was? Uh, like just said his lines in English and then they dubbed him in Italian and everybody else was actually Italian. I mean, it's po- it's possible. Yeah. It's possible. Cause they like needed yeah. a star and he was yeah. like somebody from America or something. Maybe. I'm sure know. we're just it, theorizing. Yeah. But but, potentially. I'm sure maybe it could be a whole thing about the levels, like to kind of, to make sure that everybody sounded the same they had to dub everybody's voice if they were dubbing just the italians like if people were speaking at the same time you know you couldn't dub over you would need to kind of isolate the vocal tracks or something like that right yeah so maybe they just needed to dub everybody yeah so he was saying his lines in english they were saying it in italian right yeah and then they just dubbed everybody yeah um is what i would assume but it's it's noticeable yeah for sure you know um but it was filmed in Italy, right? Yeah. So I mean, as far as I know. Yeah. Um so I'm sure that, you know, quite a lot of the people were Italian and Yeah. Used. Yeah. Um, so what did the we're we're trying something new, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, where I want to try and guess what each of us rated this movie on Letterboxd. Yeah. Because uh, Lewis and I both use Letterboxd. If you don't know what that is, it's basically social media for film lovers. Yeah. Um, and you can log and rate movies that you watch, keep a film diary. That That's the biggest thing that I use it for is the film diary because I can, anytime I watch a movie, I can log it and rate it. And then at the end of the year... I can look and see all the movies I watched that year. How many movies did I watch in yeah. November? Um, it's very interesting for that. Um, I am obsessed with it. With Letterboxd? Yeah, it I, is. Yeah. As soon as I found it, maybe six, seven years ago, I have been addicted. Yeah. I just, I love the fact that, because as you know, I love physical media. I collect films. And this is a virtual space for me to put everything that I watch, not just the films I own on DVD, but everything I watch down. Yeah. Um, and films you want to watch. And yeah, then you can rate, reviews, you can yeah. uh, make lists. Yeah. You know, you can rate all the MCU movies from, yeah. you know, your, your favorite one to your least favorite one. Which I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, anyway, what on Letterboxd yeah. do you think? that I rated this film. Are we each going to say what we think and then reveal? I think yeah. you rated it four out of five. Okay. What did you think I rated it? I think you rated it three and a half. Okay. <laughs> you are correct. Yes. Yeah. Am I wrong? Uh, I, I heavily... Yes, I heavily. <laughs> it's two. <laughs> no, I kept going back and forth. It was like if I was going to give it a four and a half or four. You gave and it four and a half. I gave it four and a half. Oh, yeah. awesome! Yeah, yeah. 
Because I really, I mean, that was my first instinct yeah. when the movie was over. Yeah. And I didn't start considering giving it a four until I started reading reviews and seeing what other people yeah. rated it. But I'm like, I should my give initial, it what yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think watching it again, I might rate it a four. Yeah. You know, just because, you know, I've already experienced it. But the yeah. first experience was a four and a half for me. That's awesome. Um, It could go up, you know, if someday yeah. I have a... A son, and I'm like, let's yeah. watch this. And then it, so he has a blast. Right? Or if he's like, I hated that. Why'd yeah. you make me watch that? <laughs> then I might be like, that was a two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, this is not what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I gave it three like, and a half. Show I... me Pulp Fiction again. <laughs> yeah. I love how, um, I love how in this fantasy you've. Showing you some Pulp Fiction <laughs> already uh, before nine, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I think that I mean it was so enjoyable. I loved it. I just don't think that it would enter into like my classics. Yeah, and anything four star, four and a half, five is like my bona fide. I will watch this again. Yeah, I love this movie. Everyone should watch it. Yeah. Whereas as we said, I'm like boys would love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know so, yeah um but i mean it's three and a half is still like really good yeah no, i gave sure. morbius half a star yeah exactly so i think i think for me um the reason i'm giving it such a high rating is because of the way that it made me feel like yeah, it that's made great. it took me back that's awesome you know it took yeah. me to a time where i could i could you I could watch it through the context of my younger self and yeah. really enjoy it. You that's, know, that's awesome. I made me feel that. like a kid again. Yeah. Like I was playing with action figures, man. That's, that's such a great Which reason. Way Barbies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all used to do it, dude. Like <laughs> I play with Barbies too. So me and a friend of mine, um, we had, we played with like, they were like action men. They were like GI Joes. Yeah. We had a storyline that went for like three years. Yeah. Yeah. We would like, be like, okay, we'll end it there. We'll see you tomorrow. And then we'd pick right back up and we'd do like, if we didn't like the way something went, we'd be like, okay, we're going to go we'll back. Right. Cut. We're going to go back and do it again. Yeah. yeah. So. Did you ever it, write any of that down? No. I that mean. That would be epic. I know, dude. There was times when I was like, we should film it. Yeah. And we never did. And it's like yeah. my biggest regret. Yeah. Because I would like, we still talk about it all the time. Um, Like we still remember kind of like what happened and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Like, you, I mean, maybe you could, I mean, maybe the two of you could actually go back and like write that out. Yeah. I mean, it was, it the was new HBO Max on. series. Yeah, dude. I mean, there'd be a lot of copyright infringements because <laughs> we weren't creative. We had like Star the, Wars. Yeah. Yeah, we. I mean, he had an evil cousin. I mean, this is, this is going to sound ridiculous. <laughs> like, this is a full tangent. He had an e evil cousin that was, for some reason, king of Egypt, but it was Obi-Wan Kenobi from The Phantom Menace. And he was just called Obi. I mean, you could just change the names, though. Yeah, you know? but he's Obi, dude. That's what we called him. <laughs> <laughs> it was bizarre. And yeah. he literally, like, there was one point where we killed him off and it lasted for a year. We're like, he's dead now. And we just didn't touch him. And then a, a year later, we we're like, we're going to bring him back. <laughs> it it was like that. it was like a full soap opera action. <laughs> like it was insane. That's amazing. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, uh, but see, like that's that like you can't, you know, you can't yeah. replace that. You know? No, you exactly. You, there's yeah. only certain things that could take you back to feeling that way. You know. And the other thing about these movies is it's again it's. This film is never going to be made again. No. Yeah. You're never going to get this type of film, I don't think, nowadays. No. Like the kind of, you I know. I mean, you got uh, Exodus, right? Gods yeah. and Kings that Ridley Scott did. That was, eh. Yeah. But just the vibrant, like, the, like it's so, the color is so saturated in these films. Mm -hmm. Like the the costumes are so ridiculously small. <laughs> Like, <laughs> you know, it's so of a time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Films like this always kind of, I'm so glad they're, they, 
they're like thirties gangster films. You know, you could recreate it, but it's not going to be the same. This is other time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and especially when it's a good one, it's so enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I mean, what a place to start. I think, you know, it's like you said, it's just a rip roaring blast with the standing and walking Rory Calhoun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, man, it's only going to get better from here, dude. I cannot wait. That's awesome. For the next movies. um, Yeah. and, And your reactions from them. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, they only get better from here. Ennio Morricone, uh, as a composer on the rest of his films, uh, who I believe was one of those childhood buddies of his. As far as I know, you know, I'll, I'll yeah. confirm that as I read the book. But, uh, yeah, man, it, it's only bigger and better. That's awesome. I cannot wait, and I think that this to say that this is, as we said at the top, such a, you know, not widely talked about and the fact we had such a blast with it i'm like if this is like you know the bum note of the career what's the high note going to be like yeah exactly yeah for sure yeah i mean so excited to see what's next and speaking of what's next what is next Next, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't already figured it out by getting on IMDb and looking at the filmography of Sergio Leone, it is Fistful of Dollars, starring Clint Eastwood, which is kind of crazy to think about. It's like, okay, your first movie was this, your second one, Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Uh, But he's kind of the one that did uh, put Clint Eastwood on the map, which is kind of crazy. Like When you think about Clint Eastwood, you think about... America. Yeah. You know, you think about a old school classic American actor. Yeah. You know. Um but he became famous from being in three Italian films. Crazy. Starting next week. Yeah. Cause we did I mean you can go back and listen to our play Misty for me episode where we talked a little bit about Clint. Um so or a lot. Yeah, we talked a lot about Clint. Um, so you can definitely go back and check that one out before next week's show. Um, and because I think it's the next three are all Clint films, I'm sure we'll be talking about him a lot. Yes. Um, I never thought when we started this podcast that it would be a Clint Eastwood podcast. But here we are. <laughs> here He's we about are. to be the most featured person on Film Church Radio. <laughs> You're going to go back. Your letterbox at the end of the, end of the year is going to be like, the actor you watch the most, Clint yeah. Eastwood. I mean, if my wife makes me watch Harry Potter, it throws my stats off and it really annoys me. Because <laughs> it's always like, your most watched actor was Robbie Coltrane. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I forget what mine was last year, but it was some someone that I was like, what? Yeah, I but, think this year for me, again, another tangent might be Kurosawa. I feel mm, like I'm watching a lot, a lot of Kurosawa films yeah. this year. Um, but yeah. So I think, do you have anything else you want to say on the Colossus of Rhodes? Um, run? I think that's it on the Colossus of Rhodes. Yeah. I mean, it was filmed in super total scope. yeah that made me that really made me laugh at the beginning because i was like is that just like a knockoff of cinemascope i mean yeah and it is yeah the italian version but i was like it probably sounded it probably sounds really cool in italian yeah like when you say it in italian super total scope sounds like a microscope that you got from the dollar store (laughs) yeah you know, just this <laughs> terrible import uh-huh. from somewhere. Um, cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Super Total Scope worked. It looked great. Yeah. So Definitely. Yeah. Well, awesome. Um, that brings us to the end of the show. Um, like I said, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Film Church Radio. And me and Brandon are individually on Letterboxd. I am at Walker Lewis 3007 and Brandon is at Selman Scope. Um, 
and yeah, you can kind of keep up with what we've been watching, follow us so that you can get all the ratings and reviews, all that good stuff. Um, we have all our back episodes streaming. Um, so yeah, watch along with us, especially at the moment. I mean, a seven week course to know a master of film, not yeah. too bad. I would say that's worth the free entry to watch these films. Um, but yeah, that brings us to the end next week. As Brandon said, we will be watching a fistful of dollars. Um, so make sure you've watched that before. Um, but all that's left to say is Brandon, do you mind if I get you another glass of wine? Somehow I've lost my desire for wine. Wow. The way you were standing and walking while saying that (laughs) blew me away. Only you. Amen. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye, guys.